Well, October 1 has come and gone. What does that mean for you? If you don't know, then you need to listen. If you do know, well, there's more information for you about that in the podcast today. Uh, we hear from Luke as he's up in North Queensland supporting a huge industry event up there. And we hear also from Colin Major, an interview that was uh, recorded back at the Splash Trade Show just a couple of months ago uh, around some of his expertise in heat. Well, get ready, get set, Splash. Haywood's 1.85 horsepower TriStar VS Pump is built to last even under the most demanding conditions. Super quiet in operation with easy to customise speeds, countdown timers and priming time. It even shows real-time power consumption in watts for immediate feedback to maximise those energy savings. It's designed for simple installation. TriStar variable speed pumps can also operate in standalone mode or connect to the Haywood OmniLogic automation system for seamless control. Visit haywoodpool.com.au for details. That's haywood-pool.com today. October 1st has come and it's gone. Can you believe that? Why is that important? Well, if you don't know why that's important, well, you really should as part of uh, a professional working in pool and spa. We had a special session about it at the Splash Expo uh, back in August now. Feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? And there was a stand set up at the Splash Trade Show as well to inform you. And there's been communication going out from the peak industry body, Sparza. There's been information put on splashmagazine.com.au for quite some time now. E-News, make sure you subscribe to that. You would have been informed if you don't know. Uh, Since October 1st, well, what was significant on that day? Well, October 1 was the day this year that most swimming pool and spa pool pumps have been required to meet minimum energy efficiency performance requirements. That's That's got a, an acronym, MEPS. Everything's got an acronym, doesn't it? MEPS, Minimum Energy Efficiency Performance Requirements, and display an energy rating label while being supplied. You say, well, these labels have been out there for a while. Yes, but they needed to be updated. And these requirements have been established under another uh, acronym for you, under the Greenhouse and Energy Minimum Standards Act 2012, otherwise known as GEMS. You might have heard that term floating around. Well, the GEMS regulator has come in from the Greenhouse and Energy Minimum Standards Swimming Pool Pump Units Determination 2021 to be uh, basically enforced as of October 1. Uh, So to help suppliers, retailers and installers with meeting these new requirements, uh, well, Sparza, as you'd expect, has been working with the Australian Government Greenhouse and Energy Minimum Standards Regulator, yes, GEMS, uh, we'll get used to that, we'll just call it GEMS from now on, I think, uh, who is responsible for administrating these new requirements uh, and have developed a bunch of different fact sheets. So where are these fact sheets? Well, if you're a member of Sparza, uh, then you'll already have these. If you're not a member of Sparza, maybe you should consider it, but also you can find the links on the story on splashmagazine.com.au. So what are some of the fact sheets we've got to help inform you and keep you up to date. Well, fun fact sheet number one is the new energy efficiency requirements for pool pumps. Uh, We'll walk you through that. Displaying the energy rating label. Um, This is really important because it is a consumer recognized uh, process. You know, you go and buy a fridge, you go and buy, uh, you know, any other sort of white good or, or, or electrical use product with this star rating on, you see that star rating, you want to be able to trust it. And it's, it's actually a GEMS designed, GEMS owned star rating. So always be careful when you look at your products and star ratings. I have seen some uh, some ones out there that are, are mimics and copies of that actually 
absolutely have no relevance to any testing uh, whatsoever that links back to the GEMS regulator at all. So just be careful on that. But all pumps in our industry now uh, do need to comply. Uh, And so there is uh, a fact sheet there helping you now to introduction to requirements for pool pump units. Another fun fact sheet, registering your pool pumps for those of you there. So many fact sheets. Checklist for complying with the new pool pump requirements. Uh, so you can all be informed and make sure that, uh, that you're getting the pump that you need that is compliant as it's supposed to be going forward and you are not left with uh, non-compliant equipment for your consumers. Uh, compliance for pool pumps is another fact sheet that Spars has put out with GEMS. Another one, existing pool pump stock. What are we going to do with your existing pool pump stock before October 1, 2022? You probably want to know about that. So make Make sure you check out these fact sheets that you've got access to. Another one, labeling for pool pumps using the energy rating label and icon. Again, we talked about that just a moment ago, making sure that you're using the right labels in the right way. Very, very important. Fact sheet, the voluntary energy rating labeling program has ended. So they're all the uh, the fact sheets at the moment around this. It is big news. It is important to our industry and it is important that you are across it. So repair stock, in some instances, you might be interested in this. Companies may find themselves holding onto existing stock uh, specifically for the purpose of repairs and replacement, you know, limited circumstances. That's uh, a reasonable thought. Uh, or in restricted layouts, uh, maybe in spa cabinets and so forth, where they may be unable to comply with the new requirements. Uh, so there is flexibility in these limited situations. Companies should contact the department for guidance. They'll work with us and they'll consider a range of factors on a case-by-case basis. Um, been talking with them, they are wanting to work with industry. Just make sure you work with them. Industry members, that's you, are encouraged to keep visiting the MEPS pool pump page. Again, there's a link to it in the story on splashmagazine.com.au, the MEPS pool pump page, where additional fact sheets focused on questions and topics for retail stakeholders are going to be added in the coming days. So make sure you're across this from a supply side, from a sales side, from any position that you've got in working with pumps in the market going forward, that they meet the right relevant regulatory standards. And anybody who is working out on field, there is another really uh, interesting, valuable article here about protecting our hearing. Now, I've certainly noticed as I've got older, I cracked through 40 a couple of years ago, my eyes don't quite work the way they used to. Protecting our ears uh, from long-term damage. Uh, Really interesting uh, thoughts within that. Uh, Basically talks about the fact of cumulative damage over time. Um, It might be from a one-off exposure to excessively loud noise or from repeated exposures that to, to, to noise that might be moderately uh, loud sound, but over extended periods of time. It's come from power tools and permanent uh, can cause permanent damage too. Um, these tools often do exceed 100 decibels. So those of you that are working on tools, some good preventative steps here uh, to go through. Thinking about buying quiet, we know that there's quiet equipment, well, there's quiet tools and looking at investing in things that are going to work at a lower decibel level. And make sure you do wear protective equipment. You know, with with no health and safety, but look after your ears. You know, well-fitted hearing protection. Choose the protection, obviously, for your ears that's going to be comfortable to wear, whether earmuffs or plugs. Uh, Certainly, I think that's important. Every time I go for a ride on my motorbike, because I'm having a midlife crisis, grow my hair into a man bun and buy a motorbike, I uh, I make sure I get those earplugs in as well. 85 decibels is considered the safe noise threshold. So if 
the sound of your tools is loud enough that you need to raise your voice to be heard in, in any way, well, then maybe consider wearing appropriate hearing protection. In fact, the advice is that you do. Who doesn't love a bit of competition? I uh, I certainly do. Everything is a race, contrary to uh, some people's beliefs. Everything is a competition and everything is out there p- to be won. Uh, there is information about the Australian Pool Lifesaving Championships just held recently. Uh, it's so interesting to read the way these pool lifesaving champions actually train and work. Uh, Jess Oates, just 19 years old from, well, from my state in Queensland, uh, came away with the feedback female lifesaver of the meet based on her performance across all the open age events, which is really incredible. And in interview with her, kind of find out a little bit about about the training and about the effort that goes into this type of role. Six days a week, this girl trains. Six days a week in addition to the gym sessions. So six days a week in the pool, got involved in this type of lifesaving at 12 years old. Plenty of different uh, events here, carrying a mannequin, towing a mannequin, throwing a line, obstacle swim, uh, the simulated emergency response competition, another acronym today, the CIRC, a timed event where lifesavers are tested on their initiative, judgment, knowledge of their skills, all based uh, around rescuing a person who's in immediate danger, which I suppose is the idea of lifesaving in a pool, protecting people who are in immediate danger or possibly keeping them out of danger in the first place too. The level of fitness, speed, agility, skill, technique uh, around this is actually incredible. And uh, the male lifesaver for, for those of you who wanted to know as well. Also, you know, highly, highly trained and skilled, Jake Smith and uh, WA, you've got a champion over there. Uh, State of Champions, WA joining Queensland with uh, with the female winner. Great to see. We are going to hear very soon a bit of an event going up in Queensland this weekend, interview from something that's going on up there. I'll, I'll, I'll just sort of keep my powder dry for now. And we're also going to hear from Colin Major from Supreme Heat, uh, a leader in our industry. Colin, been around a long time and a lot of information from uh, a podcast that he recorded back with us in August at the Splash Trade Show. You get to hear from him as well. Making chlorinators is what we do at AIS. This laser focus has brought us recognition as a global leader, winning countless international and national awards. Our technology is operating in over 55 countries worldwide. Our claims are backed by university research and data. Our customer testimonials prove the value of our technology's benefits, ease of operation, reliability, and service. Find out how your customers can benefit from our 30 years of innovation and excellence at aiswater.com.au today. Well, here I am, team, dropping into this podcast. Currently, I am live recording this from the Allen's Pool Shop. Big splash weekend up here in Cairns. Uh, this is going to come out naturally after that, but I wanted to jump in and have a quick chat about all the things that are going on up here. So you heard on the podcast last year, Tony from Allens. I would have liked to have had a chat with him again, but he is very busy in there uh, in his pool shop celebrating all things pool and spa. So I wanted to jump on. There are a lot of people come up here from Brisbane and all over uh, the state and the country to support this weekend, and it's well, it's a thing of beauty. It's one of my favourite weekends of the year. It's one of the biggest events up here in Cairns as well, in terms of media attention and the radio being out the front. And it's so good to see uh, some of our Spaza members engaging with and really launching into the season. So, I wanted to have a quick chat 
uh, or send a couple of messages, I guess, about what it, what it looks like and, and, and why it happened and the success of it. Because it's been running for coming up six years now, and I think I've been up here for four, and really just the growth or the change uh, that's going on. So I want to zoom in on the unity that comes about from bringing all the competitive suppliers up here uh, and these people supplying to Alan's Pool Shop. But beyond that, we all come up here and kind of just chip in. Um, this year, it's super exciting. Like, it keeps building year on year, and we've got a – what am I looking at? I've got a water slide, like an inflatable water slide that the kids love and have a play on. This year, they've gone to a mechanical bull. Um, beyond that, they have the radio station out who do live uh, stream or live recording straight from the pool shop here, and it just generates so much noise and so much activity in the community. Now – Obviously, that's all centered around the one thing that we all love here in the pool and spire industry. And it's just so exciting to see uh, the people of Cairns and Surrounds driving an hour and a half uh, some days to come along and participate. Now, there are savings to be had, naturally. That's what works. But it's so nice to see competitive suppliers come up here and just chip in uh, to help out the, the pool shop that's running it up here, Allen's. But then beyond that, just to see and encourage and help people love their pool or their spa more. So... That is one of my favorite parts of coming together and building community as an industry, kind of chopping down those barriers that, you know, we might compete on day to day and just coming together to celebrate the greatness of everything that we do and help people to love their pool and spa more. It's always fun uh, to get on the radio uh, with the station up here as they promote everything that we do. And people come in from all all walks of life with all different kinds of things, pools, spas, otherwise, and it's just so cool to come in. Beyond that, I wanted to chat, because we've been doing it for a while now, just wanted to chat about the changes or the trends that you start to see coming through. I remember a few years ago, the main things that walked out the door were suction cleaners or single-speed pumps. It's really interesting to see, even up here in Cairns, and not crapping on Cairns, Cairns is very progressive and and modern, and there's a lot of pools up because it's really flaming hot. It is currently 36 degrees, and I'm recording this on, what, the 7th of October? So it is, yeah, it's hot. It's 36 degrees. So people are out and about, they need their pools. But the trends that are starting to come through, whether it's, you know, I see the SR Smith slides there, they tend to walk out the door a lot these days. I think there was five or six sold in a matter of two days last year. But beyond that, you've got robots, uh, really. And we know this anecdotally as an industry. We talk about it. We see it changing from suction cleaners to robotic pool cleaners. But I've seen that many robotic pool cleaners walking out the door just today. There's a lot of chat about upgrading to LED pool lights. There's a lot of chat uh, and variable speed pumps that are getting sold uh, and purchased. And people are really starting to retrospectively think about adding everything into their pool, which is super cool to see because we all know that it's been busy on the build side uh, for the last couple of years on that COVID little stretch there. But it's nice to see people still engaging and still buying and still wanting to invest in their pools and spas. So I'd encourage you guys have a chat with Tony. He is a bit of a, a legend around the traps. Um, have a chat with some of the reps who have been up here. We'll put them in the show notes uh, so you can see. But it's cool to see over a long term, uh, you know, four, five, six years now, to see where it's gone and where it's adapted to. So I know this is a bit of a serious little jump in on the podcast, but it is such a great weekend. Uh, it's good to be a part of it. It's good to come together in an, as an industry to support our members and our customers, which ultimately encourage people to swim in their pool more often. So thank you for letting me jump in. I'll get back to David and the crew on the podcast, and I will see you guys again sometime soon. 
Well, thanks, Luke. Appreciate you taking some time to get on the mic. I know how busy it can be up there. I had the pleasure of working up there last year in supporting industry. Luke, again, uh, up in far north Queensland. It's hot. Hey, 36 degrees. And anyone who's been to far north Queensland, you know the weight at this time of the year of the humidity. You just uh, stand outside for more than a few seconds. You're dripping uh, sweat uh, as well. So, look, great to hear industry together up there. Good to hear some of the trends that are going on as well. Just uh, having our ear to the ground and seeing what consumers uh, want in North Queensland. Of course, there's different markets and different priorities around the country, but seeing consumer trends all the same. Well, Stick around because straight after this break, we are going to hear from Colin Major in an interview recorded back at Splash. Colin is, uh, look, a, an industry expert when it comes to solar heat. Uh, you're going to enjoy this interview. Luidra is proud to bring you MagnaPool, the world's best and only true mineral pool system, providing the very best in water comfort and clarity. MagnaPool is also beneficial to the environment thanks to its unique no-salt formula. Partnered with the all-new Hydroxinator IQ, showcasing innovative features giving you control over scheduling, pump speed, boost and low mode, heaters, lights, pH and chlorine. All this via Wi-Fi connectivity from your smartphone. Smart Sensors and Ultra Long Life Cell ensures MagnaPool owners save time, save energy and save money. Find out more by going to MagnaPool com today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> we'll start off with your full name and the company that you're representing today. I'm Colin Major. The company is Supreme Heating. So we provide uh, heating solutions for the, the swimming pool industry across Australia. Yeah, residential and residential commercial. commercial. And tell us a little bit about the business in terms of when it was founded. And um... well, well, I'm the founder. Uh, Supreme Heating was founded in 1990. My association to, with the industry goes back to 1984. So I know you're, you're looking at me. No one else can see me, but uh, it's pretty hard to believe, isn't it? That's, <laughs> I think that's 38 years. So so uh, what preceded Supreme? What were you doing in, in the space? Uh, filling in gaps, actually. I uh, never quite completed uh, university. I was uh, studying at Melbourne University science degree, but I never really, never really. No traction. Not really. So for, for me, it was just a little bit lost for a couple of years and, uh, uh, but I've always had a an inkling towards uh, renewable energy. So my, you know, getting involved in uh, that original company back then, Pool Heat, based in Melbourne, uh, they were in that solar space, and I thought, well, that's probably a good area to be in, um, and just to to be able to progress through that. And there's there's been some really really exciting changes and and challenging times at the moment in terms of the uh, what we provide are the heating solutions into the pools, and I guess. For me, the uh, the quest to, to ensure that we uh, we stay aligned with the government programs, um, the net zeros, and, and ensure that the uh, the swimming pools we can uh, minimise those operating costs and provide those sustainable, long term renewable you know solutions, uh, and ensure that consumer advocacy is a a met. Um, we want them to be uh, the, to to continually improve and um, ensure that uh, we can sell more pools and allow the pool industry to grow. Absolutely. So. Tell, tell us about some of those changes that you've seen. What did, what did, well, what did solar, the solar space look like when you started? Well, typically, uh, I mean, when we first started, it was we were really, really selling the concept of solar. So we had to, to sell that, uh, I guess, to the consumer and also to the trade and uh, there were certain things that we wanted in the pool to, to be able to integrate and have synergy with the uh, the operating systems of the pool. So they had independent provision that was going in. Um, uh, that were the early days. And then I think 
there was a, a long period where it was just pretty much more in terms of features and benefits of your particular product. In the background, there was always a gas heating, which was uh, was a no-brainer in terms of uh, heating the spas, and it was on-demand heating for the uh, for the pool itself, um, where particular customers, um, you know, required that. Um, now, what we see um, is there been a big shift um, in popularity um, away from the renewable solar solution through to the heat pumps. And there's been some great developments with heat pumps. Uh, well, I've certainly been involved uh, in a lot of the developments there. We uh, we introduced the inverter technology in 2015, won some uh, sustainable uh, national awards for the, uh, the inverter technology. Um, and that became very appealing, uh, probably more so to the uh, the trade and the pool builders. It's a, it's a convenient product. It solves a lot of um, uh, problems or does away with issues in terms of um, OHS because we can do that. The pool builder can keep control of the, uh, uh, the the project itself, so it doesn't have to go to a third party. Um, and there's good profitability uh, in that, so it's a convenient, well packaged product that is is easily um, installed onto the pool. And I think there's been a great uptake in the um, in in the uh, that product as being the preferred heating solution for the swimming pool as to whether or not um, that will be sustained. I think at the moment it's, um, um, it's imbalanced uh, with, the, uh, with the trade and I think uh, we need to get a better balance um, and a better, better synergy with the renewables. Perhaps if, if the heat pumps are to be used, we should be looking at uh, offsetting those costs by using a renewable solution as well. And I think uh, education in and around... For the consumer and for the, the the pool builder and the trade itself, understanding the costs associated with running a heat pump and what impact that has on uh, on the the solar photovoltaic um, energy production on the roof, which um, the government supports that in the rebate program, um, and I think there's a uh, people don't really understand how much energy is consumed in in and around that. That space. So I think moving forward, I think once that people start to realise that, um, there's certainly consumer advocacy is um, maybe uh, uh, maybe impacted. I sort of feel that that will be an issue for us. Certainly, government government intervention that's already sort of taking place um, in different states, um, and uh, that will become more and more uh, relevant. I think uh, as we move closer towards our. Uh, our deadlines for 2030 with the, I think it's a 43% um, target that the Australian uh, Labor Party is committed to for a net zero in 2030. But as an industry, we might only be a small sector of that energy consumption, but we've all got to do our bits. And I think if we if we look at those and we call them the one percenters, we've got to contribute as well. And we'll be held accountable for that through the government. So I think, um, you know, I'm all for innovation. We need to progress uh, I love uh, raising the bar. Um, I like to stay ahead of the curve. And this is important that we invest into renewable um, solutions. Uh, part of that can be the, the heat pumps as well. And we need to develop heat, heat pump technology so that it is more energy efficient and it is more cost effective and then we can integrate well. And I think as, a, as an industry, uh, for SPARS or Australia, as a governing body, uh, they need to understand that and they need to, I guess, appropriate um, controls and or education programs to ensure that we are enhancing consumer advocacy 
and uh, mm. ensuring that the the industry can grow and that we aren't given the uh, the velvet sledgehammer by the government um, that we're better off to be proactive now and have some control over the outcome rather than um, just ignore it, put our heads in the sand, and uh, then we get the, the hit over the head with the lump of wood. Absolutely. So. Well, that's part one of the interview with Colin Major. He had a bit to say. So we've just set a foundation there. In our next podcast, we're going to hear the rest of that as we delve a little more into uh, the solar and the heat uh, industry with our pool and some of the expertise from Colin there. Well, that wraps up another podcast. Appreciate you taking some time out to walk with us through what's going on in the industry. There sure is a lot. Again, uh, that big announcement a couple of weeks ago, just keep your ears open for that. The combined single consumer show in Victoria, uh, the Pool and Spa Expo down there in February, and also uh, progressing forwards towards potentially unified industry association with the SPAs at WA members voting to uh, accept the recommendation of their committee to amalgamate and merge with the national body. So heaps going on. As always, love to hear from you. Just reach out anytime. Make sure you are registered uh, at splashmagazine.com.au to get your free EDM uh, updating you with all the e-news every two weeks uh, that's going on in the industry as well. And please do make sure you subscribe. It really helps us if you subscribe to the podcast too. Look forward to seeing you again out there soon. Ready, set, splash. (laughs) 